1: Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's up, what's up? Matthew Bivens here. Welcome to the podcast. I am super thrilled that you're hanging out with me here today, and I hope that you're having just a fantastic day. I'm sending you love. I'm sending you light. I'm sending you powerful, abundant vibes. And yeah, let's get out there. Let's do it. Let's create some something awesome today. I'm excited. I have a cool episode for you. I am sharing with you a, uh, I guess not an interview, but it's a conversation that I had with my friend Paul Coliani. He has a podcast of his own called The Overwhelmed Brain. And every couple of weeks, Paul and I get together and. We talk about topics, we answer questions, and uh, we we just hang out. And so today's episode is one of those hanging out sessions with Paul. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And let's kick it off, though, with a little bit of magic. I know that you all have been creating tons and tons of magic in your life. The times when you've influenced yourself, other people, or life itself, to do extraordinary, amazing, beautiful, wonderful things. And so that's what I want to recognize. And so for myself, my magic for this week has been, I've influenced myself to do something pretty simple, I think, but it's had a great impact. And that's connect with people over the phone. So a lot of times when I'm connecting with folks, I just like to text or email. And phone for me is reserved for like, I don't know, if there's, something urgent going on or you need me right now or I don't know something like that that's when I pick up the phone but this week I just started reaching out to people um, during my my car rides uh, when I was at home when somebody would come into my mind I would immediately pick up the phone and call them and it was very cool to experience people's reactions when I did that so I called one of my buddies Fred and I hadn't spoken to Fred in a few weeks not just he was on my mind so Uh, Normally I text him, but I just picked up the phone and called him. And his reaction was like, as you know, he thought maybe something was wrong. He said, "Hey Bivens," because he calls me by my last name. He calls me Bivens. "Hey Bivens, what's going on?" It was sort of that, like, you know, that 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 questioning response. What what's going on? And I just said nothing. Just just calling you on my mind. And uh, it was very cool to hear how he you know he shifted in his tone. And that's what happened with everybody I called. I called friends. I called family, I called clients. whenever somebody was on my mind this week, I just I took that as a sign that you know I should reach out to them and I should connect with them. I didn't have any agenda. I just told them, "Hey, you're on my mind, and you know sometimes we chatted for two minutes, sometimes we chatted for 30 minutes. That was very cool for me to do. It, it, it felt great to influence myself to do that, and I want to you know have more of those personal connections with with those people in my life so Um, I'm happy I did that because it just showed me that, you know, it really is about relationships, all this stuff, you know, the the things that I'm working for in my business, the things I know you're working for in your life. I mean, really the valuable, beautiful uh, pieces of it all are relationships, our relationships. So that was my magic. And uh, you can check out all of my magic on the Yordi Balance Game app. If you're on there, you'll see my magic and I want to hear your magic, so jump on the app and share it, so I can see it, so I can be inspired by it. So I want to give a little bit of listener love now, and you all are so fantastic, man. when When you reach out to me, it it brightens my day, uh, it really does. And just just again, that connection, right? Connecting with people, connecting with souls, you know, heart to heart. Like, man, it's just a that's a powerful thing. That's a, that's a huge uh you know hugely amazing thing in my life right now in this season connecting with folks and so got a really great email from Tiffany and Tiffany you know you reached out because you connected with the episode I did about growing up biracial and you know you had a similar experience and um I I appreciate you reaching out and sharing your story Tiffany because you know I think that you listening can get a lot from that type of episode, even if you aren't biracial. It's the idea of growing up questioning yourself. You know, growing up a certain way and then at some point when others start to question you, when others start to not approve of you, you start to not approve of yourself and the impact of that. So whether or not you're biracial or anything, I, I know you can connect with some of those feelings because I think it's things that we've all felt. So Tiffany, you really connected with it and I appreciate you taking a minute out of your day to just email me, reach out, share your story. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So Tiffany, I, I thank you so much. And for anybody else out there who wants to connect, if something spoke to you in a particular episode or if you have a topic you want to request, uh, if you have a question for me you want me to answer on the on the show or you just want to say what's up, you can do so at mattcbivins at gmail.com. Hit me up, and uh, I get back to everybody. I read every email and message, and I get back to all of them. Sometimes it takes me a little while, but I get back to them all. And uh, yeah, I would love to connect. Now I got a couple of uh, announcements before I, I intro this upcoming episode. Um, I'm working on a new website, and so you know, current home of the podcast is havingitallpodcast.com. dot com. But what I really want to do, and my vision, is to consolidate all the amazing things that I do into one website over at MatthewBivens.com. So I've been tinkering with that site and um, it's one of the things I enjoy doing. It's like I stay up late and work on the website. So it might take me a little while. So you might have to wait a few weeks before uh, the new site is up and ready. But um, what I did add and what is available because a lot of you have asked for it is the Abundance Benchmark. So at MatthewBivens.com right now when you go there, you can download my life scoring tool called the Abundance Benchmark. And what the Abundance Benchmark does is it allows you to get a very clear and very authentic perspective and viewpoint on your life, feedback on your life in the six Fs, faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fun. So it's a super simple tool. to PDF. You download it you read through it and you score yourself in those areas and then depending on your score you're going to have some some recommendations that you can do to kind of enhance your life in any areas that you feel that you you know want to step up in um, or if when you go through the benchmark and you notice wow I was a lot lower in uh, in finance than I thought I was going to be so I give some resources so you can work on those areas and you know it's it's one of those things where the 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 adage of what I don't know what is it a quote is it a I don't know but you know, people have said you can improve only that which you measure you can only improve the things that you measure so this tool the abundance benchmark is going to give you the ability to measure your life in the six f's so that you can identify your weak spots and once you know once you're aware of them well now at that point you can begin to do something about it because Who wants to live in that state of denial or that state of ignorance, right? You know, the experience when you're in denial and when you're, when you don't know, that experience is much more frustrating, much more challenging, a lot of times much more unhealthy than when you know what's going on, when you're aware of what's going on and when you're being proactive to make some shifts. So all of that is what the Abundance Benchmark will do for you. It's totally free. Go to matthewbivens.com. It's right there on the homepage. And download it. Yes. All right. So let's get into what today's episode is all about. Like I said, uh, my buddy Paul Coliani and I, for the past few months, have been meeting up at the coffee shop in our town here in Georgia. And we just talk. We talk about topics. We read listener emails. We answer questions. So this is one of those instances. And it's cool because you'll hear the the coffee shop in the background. And we are answering a question on this one uh, from a, a guy who self-identifies as introverted so he had questions about you know he wants to learn some some general life lessons he feels confused about what he wants to do in his life you know he's deeply interviewed he feels lost and is just trying to identify you know what he's all about in that true authentic self doesn't feel like he has a direction so Paul and I talk about it and we talk about things that we've done in our lives to address those uh, those challenges And we just give some advice and some feedback. So that's today's episode. I hope you truly, truly enjoy it and get something out of it. I have a lot of fun chatting with Paul and I have more of those episodes coming up. All right. With no further ado, check out my conversation with Paul Coliani.
2: The email I just showed you, I didn't prepare you for this. So in all transparency, I have more forethought on this than Matthew does. But I'm going to go ahead and read this because it's an interesting email that really has to do with how I um, framed what we were talking about just earlier, or this will be kind of the pre-frame for what we're going to talk about now. And somebody uh, who names himself Anonymous Introverted Guy says, "Hello, I appreciate the work you do for helping fellow human beings find meaning in life through your podcast medium. I've so far enjoyed a small handful of podcasts mainly pertaining to life lessons and depression." You definitely come across as a kind voice, someone who's understanding and sincere. Thank you, um, anonymous introverted guy. <laughs> the little nuggets of cheesy humor, cheesy humor, uh, sprinkled throughout is much welcomed. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Okay. If it were, thank you for that, I think. If it were appropriate to make requests at all, yes, it is. I'd appreciate just a sliver more of podcasts pertaining to life lesson topics. I'm 31, still confused about what I want to do in my life, still haven't quite matured out of my deeply introverted shell, and lost trying to f- identify who I should be as a person. While wow, rereading this, I don't remember that part, so I'm going to have to think about this a, a moment as well. Um, not having any true direction or spark to chase after something is probably what brings me down the most. Once again, thanks for your delightful work. Happy New Year, and... Um, May 2018 bring us all happiness and love well, he, <laughs> well thank you for that thank you anonymous introverted guy I'm going to call you Joe because it's too long to say the other thing <laughs> and um, you know when I was 31 I hate to tell you I didn't have anything figured out either uh, I remember being I think Matthew was closer to 31 than I am, I am 31 you're a 31 you're yeah. right on the target so you can actually relate to this guy but maybe in
1: some ways at least at age-wise uh, oh in a lot of ways because as when i read the the name i'm like oh that could have been me writing this letter because i <laughs> i uh in many ways consider myself introverted and have at least in the past i'm i've worked on breaking out of that a bit but i still like my own space and being in my own head and kind of retreating at times so i i hear you i get I, you
2: i can relate to that too um I, what is this? Signed Matthew Bivens. M- Matthew, you're, <laughs> all right, well. <laughs>
1: the email address.
2: <laughs> that is the email. No, I won't say that. Um, no, thank you again for, for writing this and sharing this. And it's a great topic to talk about. As a 48 year old guy, it's funny to think about. I'm 40. I feel like the same age as Matthew, but I'm actually, what, 17, 18. I mean, I'm older than him. I can almost, oh, my God, can I be your dad? If I had you at 18 if or at 17. At
1: 18, oh maybe, my yeah. God, that's
2: weird. I might have to cut <laughs> that part out. That's just embarrassing. <laughs> um, but as a 40 48-year-old year guy, I can look back. Actually, I'm 48 this year. As a 47-year-old guy, I can look back throughout life and see or remember some of the things that I did in life that really changed who I became, how I showed up in the world and, uh, you know, what made me happier? What made me more comfortable? All the things we were talking about. What made me more peaceful? And these are important life lessons that I would like if there is such thing as a reincarnation, I hope I was able to keep these lessons to my next life. Yeah. So if that exists, I am making that pact with myself to take these lessons so I don't have to relearn them again. Because this is some tough stuff. Especially when you come out of a dysfunctional home, if you had any type of trauma, any type of abuse, any type of neglect, anything that really stuck with you, that you brought into your adult world, that you brought into your adult relationships, and that you just ruined a relationship that you, you didn't want to ruin. You ruined a job that you didn't want to ruin. You carry around hurt. You carry around pain. And there are things that I've learned in life, and I'm sure Matthew has as well, That really shifted my life. And um, Matthew, you said you could relate to this. Can you still relate to this person's perspective even today?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So before I came here today, I was having a, a meeting with my wife, who's my business partner, and two friends of ours who they operate a business as well, husband and wife team. And they've been coaching us on different things so that we can take our business to the next level. I'm in the car driving with my wife, Sarah, and I'm also considering hiring a business coach for myself. And I'm talking to Sarah and I'm saying, I feel like I have all these different things and I don't really know what to focus on.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty
1: So Joe, anonymous introverted guy, talks about, you know, not really having a true direction and just wanting that spark to really focus on. Just earlier today, like I said, like I I have different interests, which I have pursued to a point and created something out of. But then I have this feeling I have this story in my mind that there needs to be a single thing that I focus on and that I'm known in the world for that single thing. I think back to, I don't know the guy's name, but he started the the foundation called Charity Water. Mm. And I remember hearing his story where he was kind of feeling lost and doing all these different things in his life. And it took a few setbacks and breakdowns for him to figure out that he wanted to bring fresh water to developing countries. And for some reason, that story stuck in my mind as a person who found one thing Yeah. And focused everything on the one thing. At least that's how I perceived his story. And that was sort of what I felt needed to happen in my life. That if I didn't have one single thing, if, if my purpose wasn't to make sure every kid had a pair of shoes or, you know, make sure that whatever it is, if I was divided or if I felt like I had multiple interests, then I was lacking direction. Mm. I still carry with me that story. So as I'm going through my life right now and I'm talking to a business coach who's here to help me level up and do the things I want to do, I'm still in this position where I'm thinking I don't have direction because I enjoy my personal development podcast. I enjoy my home birth podcast. I enjoy teaching people about podcasting. I enjoy coaching people on fitness. I enjoy running fitness classes. How could I possibly... Have I obviously don't have direction and focus because I enjoy five different things. And I could see each one of those different things turning into my quote-unquote career. Yeah. So I can relate. And that's just on the the direction side of things. I mean, the introverted stuff. I mean, holy crap. I spent my entire life as far back as I can remember withholding emotions. Withholding as much as I possibly could from people where... They would be trying to dig it out of me, and I was saying, no, 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 I'm not going to share. But inside, I just kept saying, keep digging, keep digging, because eventually I'll share with you. Mm. And that grew into tons of of confidence issues, extreme self-confidence issues, me purposefully withdrawing, even when going to college, for example, having a friend groups, and they would want to go out and do stuff and meet people, and I would create excuses for me to stay mm. Back, stay in my room, stay in my dorm. Wow, I'm now doing things today because I realize that you know I could ha- I could be having rich experiences if I were to create some sort of comfort with being uncomfortable. If I could, you know, put myself in those uncomfortable social situations, then I'll work on that that introversion. Which for me, I feel like when. Back to that self confidence conversation, so yeah, I can talk about that. I yeah. can relate with that, and um, yes. Yeah, so, well, a couple, I hear you. A
2: couple of comments. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I'm I come from a very introverted place myself. I I never saw it as much as I'm I'm going to block my emotions or not express my emotions. Although I think that's part of it, but I saw it as I just don't want to be around people. Hmm. I just don't want to be around people because I feel much more comfortable in my own skin by myself. And it wasn't that I was afraid of people. And it wasn't that I had any trauma around being in crowds or anything like that because I can go to a party and be the life of the party if I really thought about it. But it's one of those things where I, I heard once somebody say, so you're an introvert if when you need recharge time, you like to be alone. You're an extrovert when you want to be with other people and recharge. Okay. I think it's a good way to look at it sometimes yeah. because when you've had a long day, do you want to go home and be by yourself? Or when you've had a long day, do you want to be with other people and just have a good time? I don't know if that's the, the de facto standard that we need to follow, but uh, it's I, one way to look at it's it. It's one way yeah. to look at it. So that was me though. I,
1: after a long day, I just want to be by myself. Oh, me too. Even so, now being married, like there's times after a long day, like I just want to do my own thing and not worry about, yeah, you know, making sure that she's cool,
2: and I don't even stay up late anymore. So I like if I even if I, <laughs> yeah. if I was an extrovert, or at least I shouldn't say that I stay up late a lot. I never go out late. It's like as soon as the darkness comes, mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, we could talk about that for a long time. But uh, a couple things that you said, um, I really resonated with, which is. One of the things about the the charity water is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah. Charity water is the is the uh, organization. How finding that one thing? I always like in my thirties. I really wanted to be a specialist in something. I thought it would be cool to uh, be the guy that everyone came to and say, "Paul knows that. Let's go to Paul." Mm. I think that you know, there's a little ego in there, but that's that was how I felt. It's like you know, I knew a lot about it, a lot. So I was a jack-of-all-trades. I knew a lot about this technology. I knew a lot about this. I knew a lot about that. And so I didn't have much direction myself. So the the fact that you said that made me remember that I wanted to be a specialist. What if I was the guy that was specifically the expert in this? Because when you're the specialist, then it feels more purposeful. It feels more meaningful. It feels like I know this inside and out. And... When people come to me, it fulfills me in a way because they they put their trust in me. Is that from over there? Okay. <laughs> I think so. I thought that was your phone. And uh, that really was my direction. I was like, okay, where can I be a specialist in? And so I was in the IT field for a while. And then I decided to move into coaching and see what was that about. Because I learned so much about human behavior and starting to heal from my own dysfunctional past. So what i would recommend to joe from everything that you just said joe uh matthew i know you're not really joe i'm not (laughs) i think you are Uh. but what what i would say to him is that what i would say to you joe is that find a path that you desire most first of all and that might have to do with looking at what you value most i talk about values a lot on my show what you value most in life like for example I value having time off to myself. So if I got a job or if I you know, was around a lot of people a lot of time, then that value would not be fulfilled. So I have to look at that and go, okay, if we're talking about work, uh, should I get a job that has a lot of people in it, that has a lot of interaction with people? Or, do I, or am I kind of like a hands-on, by-myself guy I want to sit by my computer? That's something to know about yourself. You know, you look at your values and figure out what's most valuable to me. Because as soon as you come out of alignment with those values, then your happiness starts to wane. Then your comfort in life starts to wane. Then your peace starts to wane. And you don't feel as purpose, like you, you don't feel like you have as much purpose or as much meaning to your life because you're on a path that just seems like you have to do it instead of just doing something that you want to do but sometimes you don't know what you want to do like you said i'm kind of lost i don't really know which you know what are my life lessons here what should i be doing instead i think it's important to just get in alignment with what you find most important to your in your life and those are your values i think that's a big step because that's your foundation once you know what's valuable in a relationship i want to be respected i want to be with someone who's honest i want to be someone who makes me laugh if those values aren't met you're not going to be happy in the relationship so if we're talking life lessons here, one of my life lessons is that I decided to, find, to figure out what was most valuable in each area of life and then stay in alignment with those va- values. By doing that, I've had to give some things up that I thought I should be doing instead, which is interesting because here's a high-paying job that comes down the line, yet it doesn't meet my values for work. Yes, but it has a lot of money. And, you know, It brings a lot of money to me. I could, be, I could buy anything I want. I could live in a bigger house. Yes, but will I be happy there? Who cares? I'll have this money. I'll have this house. So what I decided to do, instead of following the money, instead of following other things that weren't necessarily in alignment with my values, unless money is like your top priority, which is fine, but it wasn't for me. I wanted to be happy because I'm going to be working 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Then once I followed that path, it always turned out for the best. So if there was any question in my mind, like this is the wrong path to take, as long as it's in alignment with my values, if I followed it, then it would turn out better than I expected because I followed my values. So I think that's a valuable life lesson that I learned is that you start following your values instead of what, and this is, I'm going to say this at a risk, instead of what you think you should be doing. Well, my—you know my dad was a doctor, so I should be a doctor. Well, will that make you happy? Is that, does that uh, in alignment with your values for career? Well, if it's not, then maybe that needs to be reconsidered. So I think that's important. Um, Matthew, when you think about, I see you're right. Let me give you a second. No, no, I'm cool. Okay. Matthew, when you think about other life lessons that have happened to you that really shifted your life in how you, Feel inside, and how you show up differently. Can you think of something that you did that you would consider a life lesson that shifted things for you?
1: For me, if I was to intentionality, hmm. I'm not even gonna frame it, uh, being more intentional. And so, what that looked like for me was realizing that things such as what am I supposed to do in my life? What's my purpose? What's my direction? I would ask those questions and not follow it up with anything specific. I would ask those questions and then expect and, and want somebody else to answer it. So for me, being intentional about going out and finding those things that I found interesting, being intentional about uncovering, because I think it was a process for me to uncover what I felt lit me up being proactive and intentional in those things really helped to set my ship in a direction. Because a lot of times I felt like I was just drifting around, you know, like a boat that doesn't that's motors cut off. Just sort of life took me this way and things took me that way. But and I'll, I'll get real specific with you, Joe, because when I read through, you know, when Paul uh, read your email and I was looking at it, there's really two, maybe three things that stuck out to me. Um, The introversion, which we talked about a little bit, but I I have some other ideas on that. Figuring out what to do in life and then feeling like you're lacking direction or purpose. So I'm going to go out of order. For the what to do in life, a few things helped because I was asking myself that question all the time. Coming out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I had this belief. It was placed on me by all the people around me that you need to figure out your major for college. <laughs> and in my mind, that meant I had to figure out my, the rest of my life at 17. <laughs> you need a major in something. So I went into college having no freaking idea. I picked engineering. My rationale, I enjoy math and I loved building Legos. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's really what, what sent me into engineering. I had no idea what engineering was. <laughs> I had none. But to me, that's what I thought an engineer meant and I, and I needed to pick something because that's what I was told. You need to know what you're going to do. So I go into college and for four years, I stressed about not knowing what I wanted to do when I graduated. I did it for four years as I watched my roommates specialize, you know, nurse, architect, optometrist. They picked specialties because like you said earlier, Paul, we value specialists. Mm. If you can put some letters before or after your name. My dad's a doctor, he's Dr. Bivens. Oh my gosh, he's a doctor like we love specialists. So, I felt like I needed to specialize. I spent 4 years stressing which got me nowhere, right? So, it wasn't until years later that I started to adopt this this new mindset of exploration. I can approach figuring out what I want to do in life partly through a process of elimination. Let me explore. Let me try things. Let me start saying yes to opportunities. Because what I was finding was that my fear, I was judging myself for not knowing what I wanted to do. I had this fear about it because I felt like I was going to be lost and I was going to be a failure. And that really shut down any curiosity and any sense of exploration in me. All of that stuff just, it wasn't there. So I started to slowly shift and start to explore and be curious and start doing things like trying different jobs, saying yes to different projects that came my way. And if something was presented to me, an opportunity, I would go for it. One of the biggest opportunities came in, in grad school. I So he, I went to college for four years, took a year off, didn't know what the heck I wanted to do, worked retail for a year. Then I figured in the future, I'll, I'll be working in a business, so why don't I go to business school? That's what I did. Everybody else... Okay, 90% of the kids in my class, business school to them was extending their college career another year because they either didn't know what they wanted to do or they didn't want to get into what they felt they needed to, hmm. which for a lot of them was law school. <laughs> right? So you just kept putting stuff in our way. So at the end of my business school, uh, school career... The TA for my class said, hey, we're hiring new interns. I have this brand new startup company and we're bringing on an intern. Is anybody interested? I recognized, hey, this is an opportunity. Somebody is giving me an opportunity to try something new. I have no idea if I would like working in a tech startup. Let me try it. I said yes. And the rest of my... That took me on a completely different path. And where I am today and the stuff that I'm doing today, hosting podcasts and having my own business, has so much to do with being open to saying yes to something unknown. That's great. So for you, Joe, figuring out what you want to do in life, first of all, remove that pressure. We're all still figuring that stuff out. I mean, like we're figuring that out. It doesn't matter what age you are. There's so many stories out there of like Colonel Sanders who cooks his first piece of fried chicken in his 60s. And we know him for as a KFC guy. He didn't get into that until his sixties, you know, and there's, there's stories like that all over the place. So do your best to, to let go of some of that pressure and then start to explore different things. Go to meetup.com. There's, there's groups for anything you're interested in. Yeah. And just go and go check something out. You might meet somebody or something that sparks an interest in you that you didn't even know it was there. You maybe didn't even know it was possible, but it's part of that process. And in that process, you will also be addressing the introversion. Hmm. Yes. Because me suggesting you go to meetup.com probably scares the crap out of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're like me and you're introverted, the idea of stepping into a group of people that you've never met before is terrifying. And I know because I'm working on that. And I hate networking. I get terrified. Hmm even though I'm great at it I like what you said about exploring options
2: and just saying yes to things I think I did that I didn't do that enough in my youth yeah I didn't do I didn't do that enough I started doing that in my uh, as I reached my higher 30s right my lower 40s and so, you know, Joe's at a position in life where he's 31. I remember when I was 31, I had nothing figured out. I was just happy if I had a job and a relationship. That there was it. Go. That was my goal. And, you know, you look at that and you go, well, if you have, if that's what your goal is, you can actually be happy. I have a job and I have a relationship. If that's your goal and you get those things, then okay, maybe that's all you need. But I think... Like a lot of us, we seek more. We want to expand ourselves. We want to grow. We want to grow personally. We want to grow emotionally, mentally. Hopefully, a lot of us do this and want to do this. Um, so how can we do that? We need exposure to more experiences. Yes. And I love, you know, like there's um this software called Rosetta Stone. Oh, yeah. teaches you language. There's something I learned in the Rosetta Stone that I've kept for years and years and years. And and they said we teach language. This is not an advertisement for Rosetta Stone. I have no affiliation. But they said we teach language through immersion. I was like, immersion—that's interesting. And then the first thing they taught was—and I don't know the language anymore. <laughs> it's nothing against Rosetta Stone. I just never followed through with it. Um, We—they taught me like the color red in Spanish. I think it was was that rouge or, or is that French? Rojo. Is that it? I think
1: it's it's rojo.
2: Well, they show like four pictures, a red car, a red apple, you know, a red dress and all these different things. And what they're doing is they're tying all these aspects of red together. Oh, you just looked it up, red, bro. And when they do that, then you connect the visual, you connect the auditory, you connect this. And it is a total immersive process for your senses, really what's happening. So you're learning experientially. And when you learn experientially, you tend to remember it easier. It has more of an impact. It it comes more natural. And so I like the idea of exploring things. Instead of just going, oh, uh, I'll look online for something to do. Oh, look, it's people canoeing. And then you go, okay, canoeing, I've never done that. I, I don't know about that. You don't know anything about it at all until you've done it and when you do it now you realize oh you know it's not just about floating around in the water i have to learn how to do this and it has to be a certain way and i'm learning about balance and i'm learning up i'm connecting with people and there's all kinds of things that can happen just by exploring one single path so i really just want to reiterate i really appreciate that suggestion matthew um for the mere fact that an introvert especially may not be that type of person that goes out and explores these things because of, oh, I don't know how to do that, or I might not be good at it. And I I love often putting myself in situations that I might not be good at, or I actually may look like a fool. Because my girlfriend's a musician. She goes on stage. She has no problem doing it. I've played harmonica since I was 16, and I've always done it. For myself, by myself, in front of no one, except maybe my girlfriend. What is that noise? Is that coming it's from something us?
1: in here? <laughs> from you.
2: It's my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that, I thought that was that kid's toy. <laughs> me,
1: too. And then I heard it a second time. I turn around and I'm like, the kid's not here. That's funny. Let me shut this
2: down. Um remember what I said so I don't forget <laughs> all right I hope it shut down if it comes on again I'll just shut it off <laughs> Sorry too about team, that. by the way oh we have to wrap up really soon with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: So what I was saying was being on stage.
2: So, yeah, she's a musician and she has no problem going up there. That's what I said. She has no problem going up there. And she said, you should, I want you to play with me on this song. I was like, I've never, I mean, this is a couple of years ago. I've never played on stage for anyone. I think I did when I was like 20 something and I played for this really chintzy uh, band that wanted a harmonica on one song and I didn't care because I, I had a judgment on it and <laughs> it didn't matter. But, um, since then I have never wanted to, I never considered doing that. So she invited me on stage to do this song and it, it, it was at the Hard Rock Cafe. Nice. So my first time on stage would be at the Hard Rock Cafe. That's cool. And it would be like, I don't want to do this at the same
1: time. And this is a, a philosophy I've developed. If I don't want to do it, I should. I have the same philosophy, man. I really do. Wow. And it creates shift quick. It creates opportunities for breakthroughs. Yeah.
2: It's a great way to do it. I said, I don't want to do it, therefore I should. And so I really like that philosophy. That has shifted a lot of things in my life. Um, Just putting myself on the air. I remember the very first... Oh, my God. I remember the very first day I was behind a microphone... And I had to do my very first podcast episode. No problem. I can talk in front of crowds. I can talk in front of people. But putting myself behind a microphone where no one's in the room—I mean, it would be perfect for an introvert, right?
0: But you I was think—I
2: <laughs> was so nervous. Yeah, I was so nervous, and there was nobody else there. And so I'm like, um, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to what to talk about. Okay, I I could talk about motivation. You know, I just all these subjects could come to mind. I couldn't figure out what to do, but I just decided to do it. This is like a conversation Matthew and I had once. It's just like, you know what? Just talk. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, then talk about not knowing what to say. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'll just sit here behind the microphone not saying anything, I guess. Well, how does that make you feel? I'm talking to myself. Well, I feel nervous. Talk about your nervousness. Whoa. So I started... Doing that more and more. And it it helped with the mental creative block that I had. Um, But like Matthew said, it helps you shift. Because before that, before that moment, I didn't know what to say. And then I knew what to say just because I did it. So I think that's a a great, valuable lesson. And I'm going to share one more lesson. I think Matthew has a few things to say as well uh, as far as life lessons are concerned. And there's like a thousand of them that we could talk about. But one of the most important life lessons for me is when I started asking for what I wanted and telling people when they were crossing the line, this is all about honoring boundaries. When I told the world what was acceptable and what's not, when I started showing up and being really clear on what was acceptable behavior for you to do around me or with me and what was not acceptable behavior... My life changed. And that was the scariest, biggest, scariest step I've ever taken in my life. To be able to speak up for myself to a boss, to a partner, to a a drunk stepfather. I mean, all of these things have occurred in my life and more where I've decided instead of cowering down to be the small little child that I felt like, and even though I still might feel like that sometimes... I'm going to step into the adult that I am, everything that I've learned, I'm going to apply and say, no, that is not acceptable. You know, you're disrespecting me and I don't appreciate that. Could you please back off? I look at it as honoring myself by uh, loving them while honoring myself. I look at it as loving them while honoring myself because what I want to do is tell them I love you and back off. That doesn't mean I love everyone. That doesn't mean I do it all the time. But that's the energy, that's the vibe I bring to honoring myself. So it's not about, hey, you know, you're a jerk and you stay away from me and defending yourself and being all protective, even though it's part of it. It's a matter of being, and I love what Caesar Milan says, the dog whisperer, it's a matter of being calm, cool, and collected and assertive. He, he says, bring a calm, assertive energy to the situation to honor yourself. He doesn't say that, but I I use his words. He he talks about when you're training dogs and things like that. But a lot of stuff that he talks about works with us as well. So that's what I started doing, bringing this calm, assertive energy to every situation. So when it comes to honoring myself, it isn't about putting them down. It's about keeping me healthy. It's about keeping me protected, keeping me safe. And so that was... Probably one of my biggest life lessons is starting to ask for what I wanted and letting people, what I mean was like, you know, I, I want a raise, well, what if they fire you? If you ask for a raise, I don't care. That's what I want. That's what I'm going to ask for. These are, these are leaps of faith. I would take those leaps of faith and I have not had one experience where I didn't regret it. So I'm going to leave that as my final word. And Matthew, I know you have some final words too, and then we'll uh,
1: end the show. I think what you said was perfect. I love it. I love it. And for me, it's been my experience that I can get into a place of being calm and assertive when I have clarity. And especially when it comes to what you've been talking about with being able to assert yourself, being clear about what you will stand for, what you won't stand for, being clear about what you said earlier, values. So Joe, that's where I like to start. In, in the conversation, you know, talking about lacking purpose and not having direction, I say start with what Paul mentioned earlier, getting very clear about what you value. Understand what you, those values are in your life, what they mean to you, and what's the order. You know, there's going to be some sort of priority to those values. I think from there, you can get to a place where those values are going to start influencing your decisions. And that's what Paul's talking about, being able to stand clear and assert yourself because you're saying, no, I'm choosing to align with my values. I'm choosing to value myself in this situation. And then using your voice, which I know as a fellow introvert is hard. It's hard to use our voice. But that's really where this stuff goes from just simply being an idea or something that you talk about, something that you write down, to something that you imbue and something that you become. Because when you start to speak it and you start to stand up for yourself, shift, like shift happens within your body and it's going to impact all those other areas. So work on getting clear on those values. I also like to do things, what I call standards. So coming up with standards for uh, your romantic relationships, you know, what are the things you want to experience? What type of partner do you, you know, are you trying to attract? How are you going to show up in that experience? Um, standards for business partnerships, work arrangements, things like that. You know, Paul talked about being able to say, listen, I want to raise. And maybe a part of your standard is that you're compensated in a certain way. Maybe one of your values is like, you know, you value people who, who also value you. And so you're standing up for yourself. All of those, those actions, you asserting yourself, you being it, in my opinion, comes from doing that internal work beforehand to get clear on the values to get clear on the things like standards so i think that's the type of thing that i was never told i wasn't told that stuff until no way yeah i mean <laughs> you know you're told like go do this and get this degree and follow this path and you'll be happy and fine but it wasn't until later on that i that i was introduced to these ideas of wow getting clear on my standards creating a relationship standard like my wife and i we have a relationship standard we have things that are non-negotiables for both of us, you know, and and that stuff is is beautiful because it means that when we get into some sort of conflict or something happens, we can remove emotion as much as possible and simply look at things objectively, like look at our relationship standard. Another thing is a personal mission statement. Hmm. You know, once you have your values and your standards in place, you can begin thinking about how you want to tie those things into a statement, you know, a, a personal mission statement, something that declares your bigger why. For this season in life, it doesn't have to be for your entire rest of your life, but maybe for this one, three, five year period of your life, you're planning for something big and you're writing it down specifically. All of that has really helped me with direction. It's helped me with purpose. And um, I'm actually going through the process right now of, of redoing my mission statement because it's been about two years. So I'm working with my coach, you know, like I have somebody like Paul in my life who coaches me and mentors me. And so that's a huge thing as well. Being able to connect with somebody who's been there, done that, and can help steer you and guide you. You know, I'm talking about a coach, like working with somebody like Paul who can, who can help to ask the right questions of you and, and work on some of that mindset stuff. That's huge as well. And releasing this feeling like you have to do it all and figure it all out on your own. Because no one achieves anything great on their own. So that's what I would do with the purpose and the direction stuff. And then I want to go back to the conversation about what to do in life. And I was reminded when Paul was talking that I was reading an article yesterday on the website Medium. And they were, the article was, was really hammering home this, this idea that we should all be spending more time learning. And they give three examples, which I thought was really interesting. Because I think, you know, this conversation about exploring things in life, and, you know, I mentioned meetup groups, you can explore your interests in many ways. And one of them can be reading. One of them can be, you know, uh, an activity that maybe doesn't create so much anxiety, like going out in front of a group of people. And so this article talks about President Obama, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett, and their their reading and learning habits while they were in their careers. So it says that Barack Obama would spend an hour every day reading Mm. while he was in office. So for those eight years, he would carve out one hour a day to read. That's pretty interesting. (laughs) Yeah, right. Not golfing, not whatever else. Like (laughs) He would carve out that time reading because reading and learning was so important to him. Similarly, this article talks about Warren Buffett and says that Warren Buffett invested 80% of his time in reading. And you wouldn't think that. I don't think that. I feel like he would be in business meetings. He would be running stuff. But no, he invested his time in learning and reading and exploring new things in those ways. And then Bill Gates, it says that the article says Bill Gates read a book a week during his career. Hmm. So these are people who are high achievers in every sense of the word. And they're investing time in exploring concepts and ideas through reading. That's something you could also do. And I remember if I think back, there was a time when I was doing that more often. And that's something I want to get into more today. But I think back to when I would just dive into a random subject and just explore. And it suited my introvert tendencies. And for me, I remember diving into coding. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to learn coding. So I found a free coding website and I enrolled in a course and I just jumped in. You're talking about computer programming. Computer programming. Yeah, yeah. So learning HTML and CSS and stuff like that. And what's so funny is what came from that is I realized I don't love coding, but I do enjoy designing websites. Mm-hmm. And so then I explored what tools were out there to make websites. And I stumbled across some of these different tools like Squarespace and Wix. And for a few years, that was part of my business. Because mm. I, cause I got curious and I built websites for myself. And then other people asked me about those websites. So I started building them for them. And like that was something I did for a few years, but that all came from just having this curiosity and trying something out. So I'm sharing all this with you, Joe, because figuring out what you want to do in life, it can happen in a lot of different ways. You could tackle the introversion thing and the what to do in life thing all at once and go and join groups and meet with people. Or you could simply carve out time every day to read books. You could also meditate. I think that's, that's really a powerful way to get clarity is when you stop cramming your head full of stuff. And you mm-hmm. just find some peace and quiet. Because a lot of times we do have the answers. But there's a lot of different options out there. And you know, I think really the thing to do next is to just move in some direction. Pick one of the things we've talked about. And take one tiny step towards it. And I think you'll start to feel like you have a little bit more control over your life. And you feel a little bit more proactive. A little bit more in command. And then just ride that momentum. One small act can turn into two small acts, can turn into three, and then just keep moving forward. And you'll be awesome, man. You already are. Yes. And I'd like to reiterate,
2: the reading books is a great way to learn something new, immerse yourself in what you're learning. Um, At the same time, I do believe that, like you just mentioned, There's a point where you have an overload of information and you haven't done any applying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I did this for like five or six years. I read book after book on hypnosis and psychology and NLP. And I read everything I possibly can. I got certified. I went to classes. I immersed myself completely. But what was I doing? I was learning. So I love the learning aspect. It finally got to the point where I just stopped. I stopped reading and started doing. I might not have started doing for like a year or two, but I started doing because I had all the knowledge. I just had to trust that knowledge and go with it Yeah. and be very experiential myself and do it. Uh, so I, I love the idea of that Matthew mentioned, both the external, the, the reading, the learning, and the internal, the meditating, the processing, the um, integrating that needs to take place after you learn and then the external, again, of doing the behavior and having that form into whatever it needs to form into, um, shift into whatever it needs to shift into. Matthew started computer programming, and it turned into website design, and it turned into, um, who knows, podcasting and every other thing that he's yeah. had come up in his life. And then suddenly your path appears because sometimes when we expose ourselves to the same thing every day, the path doesn't appear. We're doing the same thing over and over again. We're never exploring anything new. path doesn't appear. So, yes, there's a, uh, what's the word, a pattern in what we're talking about today. It's a a trend of exploring and immersing and being curious. And I'd just like to finalize this and wrap it up with something else you said, Matthew, which is value yourself. Because if we're looking at big picture, if we're looking at big level values and creating standards in your life and looking and, and writing up criteria and writing your mission statement... If if it all comes from the same place of valuing yourself, what does that look like? And I think that's a great thing to end on because if you make decisions going, okay, does this value myself? Because I tell you what, if you ask that question before you make decisions, then when you walk in to ask for that raise, you're not going to back down because you value yourself. So I really like that trickle-down effect, that filter that we create in our life, that once we know it and once we latch onto it, valuing yourself really helps you make all these other decisions a lot easier. There's some fear, there's some leaps of faith, but you stay on track. And I I can't speak for everyone, but in my own life, every time I've stayed on track and valued myself, it's always worked out. I may have gone through some hard times, Matthew may have gone through, through some hard times, but in the end, it's just like I, I stayed in alignment with myself. I stayed in integrity with myself. I get to keep my dignity. I get to walk away smiling that I know I did the right thing for me. So I'm going to leave it at that. You can um, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Matthew. Always a pleasure to see you. So glad you have time to connect and do this. Absolutely. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. You can find Matthew at Having It All uh, podcast and Doing It At Home podcast. If you've never heard that, go check it out because it's that mysterious name that makes you wonder what it's all about. (laughs) And uh, thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again real soon.
1: Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own.